by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsick. Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. And we're back. It is Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. Good morning. It's Drew along with Janet and Brian, Wyoming Game and Fish Department. And we're to the point of the year where everybody's still kind of fishing and we're getting through the month of July and August will be here. School will be back in before we know it. But uh, the hunting seasons are still a little ways out. And Janet, we need to get ready for those seasons. Oh, absolutely, Drew. There's a list of things that that we can be thinking of to, to help our future selves. And one of the things that I just realized is that school starts a little bit earlier this year than it has in past years. And so just a reminder that right now is an absolutely fantastic time to take hunter education courses. Um, There are lots being offered. They're being offered at different times throughout the summer. And so it is a great opportunity to get your child or yourself if you need it um, qualified for that hunter ed class so that you don't miss your hunt. Now, we've got a a lot of opportunities for education. You know, we've talked about voter education and all this can be found at wgfd.yo.gov but when we're into the hunting and preparing for hunting uh, teaching the kids and we've talked about the apprentice programs where you know you don't have to have that that hunter education if you want to go hunting you just have to go with someone that does Um, you know when you get into the 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 bones of it all where it really is down uh, deep uh, it's good to just knock those education programs out and, and kind of, you know, just cross them off your list. Well, you know, those education programs, a lot of what you're talking about, um, the hunter safety, hunter education in particular, really is a, a good avenue to really um, you know, kind of answer some of those questions that maybe you don't know. Um, so, for example, you know, as a parent or as a hunting mentor, you know, you clearly recognize that the person that you're with, whether it's your child or, you know, somebody else, you are teaching them, you know, by your actions, by your experience with them while you are out from the time that they're little until the time that they are of age to hunt as well. And so those interactions are always very critical and great opportunities to kind of be educating, you know, here's how, um, you know, I like to sit when I'm antelope hunting, um, or here's how I fire, you know, my steadiest shot while I'm elk hunting, something along those lines that that really kind of help your kids understand there are different ways to do things and your way may not be the best for them. And so coming to these hunter education classes can maybe offer them a little bit more of that information that they might be looking for to just build on the, the perfect background that you've given them as a mentor. You know, we, uh, we've we talked a lot over the last couple of months, and, and Brian, when you're in a situation like preparing for hunting, you always want to make sure that you're prepared for, for everything, and you don't just shoot, um, you know, sitting in a chair or using a stand or a rest when you're out in the field. So having some situational type of uh, situations is always a good idea. Yeah, most certainly, uh, you know, field experience is the easy way to do that, but also preparing for that field experience you can do at your, lo- at your local shooting range. 
um, which actually gives you benches to actually have there to start out. And then if you have a bipod or a tripod that you want to try, that's the best place to do it. You know what, uh, laying down, doing all that kind of stuff, you can certainly do that in the field. But if you actually go to a location like a shooting range where you have targets and things like that, you can actually, you know, get ready for those type of things. And then you, all those other things that you throw into it too, Drew, in a hunting season is, you know, the weather, you know, make sure you don't uh, sit in prickly pear, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, so you have to have those different um, shooting positions just, just for that reason type of thing. So. And, you know, one thing I think that people, um, parents, I know that I kind of did um, miss, I don't know what you want to say. Maybe I under assumed the amount of emotion that would be involved in my children's first hunts. And so, you know, recognizing the excitement, the nerves, um, all of that, that, that kind of came into play right at the, the time that maybe you're just expecting them to be calm and collected and know exactly what to do. That is not the time to be explaining to them, oh, here's where the safety is on the gun. Here's what the scope does. So making sure that you do all of that stuff well in advance, you practice many times out in the field or at a, a gun range, depending on what you're most comfortable with. Um, and, and really kind of think through what the different um, situations might be like Brian was saying, you know, the weather, what happens when it's snowing and you haven't moved for the last hour and here comes the perfect elk. Um, you know, different things like that are really, really key, especially when you're dealing with youth. And Drew, I think another thing you think about is boredom. Um, kids are like all that, like instant gratification stuff. So they get really bored. So in those time periods that that's, things that you can do when you're in the field is actually practice those things. Like, Hey, let's use this rock. If there's an animal on the other side, you know, to kind of practice that kind of thing, going through packs, you know, to make sure they got everything they need before they go. And then maybe taking that out in the field and going through things. And, and um, man, when you're having kids that come out and hunt with you, you got to bring good food, good snacks, Drew. If you don't have good snacks oh, yeah. during the boarding times of the day, it can go way downhill. It's like, Hey, it's time to go home type of thing. So so hunting, just like fishing, sometimes can get pretty boring. And um, if you can just think of things to do while they're in the field to make it more interesting for them, because, you know, once they pull the trigger and the harvest's over, then the work starts and then it's done. So there's a lot more to hunting than just the, you know, the all that super exciting stuff and and uh, emotional stuff after the, you know, after the harvest. But um, boy, hunting has a lot more to do with everything else than that. That's for sure. Before the season, how much can you actually go out and, you know, kind of prepare in the field? I know there are some areas that you have to have the the permission and you have to have the slips to be able to go to. But if you're feeling like you're going to go hunt in a certain area, how far in advance can you actually go and kind of take your kid and say, well, this is kind of where we're going to go and this is how you do your scouting and, you know, you kind of – get into that situation that way? I think it's a great idea. I mean, um, there's so much, you know, we're kind of blessed here in Wyoming and a lot of central and western Wyoming and, and parts of eastern Wyoming too of public land that's available year round um, and do some scouting. I think that's perfect. Now for your access areas, most of those, if not all those, don't open up until the season starts. And that's why we have those that information online to make sure you know when that actual area opens. So, but otherwise for a lot of the areas, there's public land to go walking around in, preparing yourself, you know, so your, your hunting partners, your 
your kids that are going with you, you can actually go out and do a little quote unquote um, practicing, you know, spot spotting scopes and binoculars and looking at critters and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there's no limit on when you can go out on public land as long as it's publicly accessible to go do scouting for the, the upcoming, upcoming hunting season. So just really getting out and, you know, kind of breaking the kids in and even yourself, if you're new to hunting or new to the outdoors, it's always a good idea to research. Don't just, you know, buy the the license and then grab a gun and go. There's a lot of pre-work that goes into it. Yeah. Take advantage of the nice days. I mean, early mornings, um, later in the day when things are a little bit cooler during the summer days. And go do on some hikes and stuff. I think it's a great opportunity to uh, get some exercise, uh, get ready for the hunting season, and then make sure you, you find out if you get the right equipment or need some enough of other equipment that you might like to have during the hunting season. So I think it's a great idea to go out and scout those areas that you plan to hunt this coming fall. Well, make sure that if you are interested, of course, we talked uh, last week that the leftover licenses are, are first come, first serve now, and the general tags are are available through the end of the season. So if hunting is something that you really want to get into, you still have time even before the season begins. Absolutely. I mean, there's plenty of time. And like, say, if you missed all those other drawings and you still want to go out hunting and have no idea where to go, um, contact your local game warden biologist or come to our game and fish office. And we'd be glad to help you um, get to that point where you feel a little bit more comfortable about where to go, what licenses you need to buy, we can help you out when the when the season starts. If you're an archery hunter, we can actually get you involved in, you know, getting the information that you need for that when those season starts and, and where's the best places to go. So we're here to help. We want you to be successful um, so you can be a lifetime hunter. And um, and I think that's one of those important things is pre- preparation for the upcoming hunting season. Well, I know that if you go to wgfd.wild.gov, you have plenty of resources and as always, you can just call the uh, Game and Fish Department and they'll get you all hooked up with the information you need and point you in the right direction to get you in those classes. So, Janet, Brian, we appreciate it again, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Drew. See you, Drew. It's Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. It's Drew and Brian Woodward from Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. We're back here at the store, and Brian, it's uh, warm. The heat finally showed up this week, and... Uh, perfect time to maybe get out and do some fishing, get on the water, uh, and recreate a little. Yeah, you know, and uh, the best way to enjoy that is to be prepared and uh, have what you need uh, when you're out there. One thing that I I know that I have seen a lot of boats. Matter of fact, I heard in one week or uh, there were 18 boats, new boats in Natrona County registered. Hmm. So people are going out, they're buying these boats, and you know when you go out there, you got to have all the safety equipment and that list is really actually pretty long but you can get a lot of that right here yeah you know it's uh it's, it's not too bad it's not too hard to be compliant but life jackets a throw cushion a fire extinguisher uh, most boats have a horn or whistle on them at this point so uh yeah pretty easy uh we've got a huge selection of life jackets so even if you have some old tethered ones that you need to get rid of uh come on in and uh, see what we got yeah and there are you know sizes on those it's not one size fits all anymore back in the day they kind of had the ones that were really adjustable but you know they get pretty yeah the biggest challenge is uh for the for the little kids you know they've got they're all uh weight determined 
uh, adult life jackets, they're just adult life jackets. There's no like up to 300 pounds and up to 400 pounds or anything like that. Uh, but on the youth or the kids stuff, especially infants, uh, you know, there's some different ones that are just weight determined on those. So obviously, you know, there's a lot to think about when you're coming in. And, you know, it's always good to have a first aid kit on, on the boat or a fire extinguisher is a, a must. But uh, you guys also have a lot of camping stuff because, I mean, camping is prime right now. Even though it's a little hot down here, we were up on the mountain last weekend and, you know, it was in the 60s. Yeah, it was it was awesome up on Castro Mountain last weekend. I mean, probably at least ten degrees cooler up there, and then you get in the trees, and then you get a little oh, bit yeah. of a breeze, and um, you know the you know setting up the smoker, even if it's just a little portable smoker, just to, to get something going out there. It's um, it's a great time, and it's it's a great way to enjoy summer without you know getting too much too much summer. You know, it, you mentioned the the little smokers. It's it's interesting now because you know the Traeger has been around and. Been been pretty popular for mm-hmm. such a long time but now you can take a smoker that's the size of you know almost a just a small cooler right and get all the smoking greatness that you would have at home on your big grill yeah you know you, those tend to you know have to run off of some type of power source whether you've got like a goal zero uh, you know battery pack or some kind of solar or something but um you know if you don't have that access you know just some of these like coleman road trips that are just a kind of a propane deal uh, those are super convenient, fit in the back of just about any any vehicle, and uh, gives you a lot of flexibility. So we are, you know, to the point now where, you know, today would be Sunday when this is airing, and you're up in Seminole, and the heat's a little more intense than it has been the last mm-hmm. little bit. But, you know, if you're out on the water fishing, does heat really hurt it's still, you that much? It's still hot. It just depends on if you get a breeze or not. The you know a little bit of wind sure makes it a lot nicer on the water. Um, you can you can certainly be out there, you know, on a day where it's just no wind and it just feels like you're in Africa. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you know a nice bimini top, you know, and and some good you know uh, PFG, you know, or lo- that the clothing that's really lightweight that uh, still covers your arms but still kind of cools at the same time yeah pretty important to have out there and it you know now they all have spf in them and Mm -hmm. you know it kind of keeps you from being sunburned because there's nothing worse than going home with a big old red neck and red arms yeah i've got really white arms and uh, tan hands you know because i wear long sleeve shirts most of the time when i'm fishing well uh if it's fishing apparel or fishing uh you know supplies you can get here rocky mountain discount sports and you know we're in july right in the middle of july which means that here before long we'll uh, all be heading out on our uh, respective hunts whether it's elk or antelope or deer and uh, having that gun with the the good uh, scope and uh, optics is really good and last week i went out and tested the new uh, gun that i bought from a, a buddy of mine and he said the scope was great, but no. It, I thought it was me for a minute. And then I had some other guys that were there shooting with me look at it, and they're like, this thing is wrong. Yeah, well, that's, you know, even even after last year's hunt, you know, you just you, you don't know what happened, right? Maybe you banged it just putting it into the gun safe and maybe threw something off. Or even after you shoot for quite a bit, you know, a lot of times, you know, things just loosen up. And so you go out there to try to sight your gun in and you're getting erratic, you know, 
shot placement all over the place well you know a lot of times it's just because maybe a scope base or a scope mount came loose but sometimes the optics just go bad so and you know it and that one was a few years old so mm-hmm. I, I know that you know it had been through the ringer a time or two but you know also when you're thinking about the gun that you're going to put it on you know the the gun that that I have is a 300 Win Mag, so it's going to pack a little more punch, and maybe the quality of that one just wasn't good. Yeah, we see that from time to time. You know, we we primarily carry name brand stuff that holds up really well, but we've seen guys come in here that, you know, bought a scope off of Amazon or off of eBay or something, and, you know, we've actually had some counterfeits. You know, it said it was supposed to be a Leopold or a Zeiss, and, uh, you know, it was it was a flat-out counterfeit. So quality, uh, not not good, not there, and definitely not warrantied. So. And one of the, the cool parts about Rocky Mountain Discount Sports is if you have a scope, you know, I mean, the, the gun counter guys are top-notch. They deal with these guns every day, and, you know, mine have had some wear to it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're actually giving a little 10 or 11 care right now. Yeah, so you know, a scope typically when a person comes in or buys a scope, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get the correct bases on there to begin with. We're going to get the right uh, scope height so that you know you're as tight to the barrel as you can be without actually touching. Uh, it gives you it gives you the right eye relief. We're gonna level the scope. We're gonna mount it to the, the proper torque um, for each one of those rings, and then we're gonna bore sight it for you as well. So we're at least gonna give you a fighting chance when you walk right. out of here. Yeah, and you know it's it's really cool. We we talk about the the rifle side of it, but you guys have the archery range in the back. That if you're having some issues there, you got Botex here that are ready to go. Yeah, our archery department is fully staffed right now, ready for the season, and uh, some good quality guys behind the counter. So. Uh, this is the time where, you know, a lot of guys are heading up to the Casper Mountain and, uh, you know, walking the walking the course up there and, and getting a good feel for, you know, what it's like to be out uh, out in the, in the wild and uh, shooting those targets and making sure, just kind of fine-tuning, make sure that the arrow they've got is, you know, proper, that the rests are working and the, uh, everything else is, you know, in working order. Well, make sure you get out here and check them out, Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. Nothing worse than the irritation of getting out in the field and finding that something was wrong. It's Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. Back, Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. It's always a good time when we get to talk to our buddies. And Jay Fountain has been, well, Jay, I think you were on one of the first episodes of this show uh, two years ago. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's been quite a while. Um, I really appreciate coming on here. Appreciate being one of the first ones that you had go on there. You know, Jay, one of the first things we talked about was you took a veteran out hunting with hunting for heroes, uh, hunting with heroes, and uh, you know you you got this guy his first elk. So you uh, you do a lot of great things in the outdoors, and one thing that you really like to do is get kids involved with fishing, whether it's your kids or other people's kids or families involved in fishing. And you've been doing a lot of that lately. Yeah, um, if I'm not working, I'm fishing, and. Uh... If I'm not fishing with uh, my friends or their children or my children, then we've got families that come up from Colorado even just to come up and catch their first walleye. Um, yeah, it's 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 awesome. 
Now, not only are you, you know, getting kids involved, but you're also the director of the uh, Wild Hunters and Fishermen Walleye League. This is your second year, and how are things going? You're about halfway through with only about four weeks left. It's it's going great. Um, had a pretty good turnout this year, uh, given the fact of everything going on, um, all the holiday stuff, the, the summer stuff and other tournaments that are going on as well. I know that you guys have had, uh, you, you bounce back and forth. You go to Pathfinder, then Alcova, Pathfinder, Alcova. And has there been a difference between the two when it comes to how many fish you're catching this year? Or has it been pretty good at both places? Depends on who you ask, really. <laughs> <laughs> One really good thing about Alcova is that lake will keep you on your toes it makes you change up your your normal habits of of walleye fishing um it's a very humbling lake but when it does produce fish it it produces good quality fish um it's not a bad fishery uh but there's just not as consistent numbers as pathfinder but of course pathfinder has a whole whole lot of those smaller walleye which is a good thing because we do a small fish side pot and it's a, it's a, the best place that you can take a kid out on a boat and get them to learning how to jig or how to troll for a walleye. And when you catch them, you catch a number of them. I've heard that, that over the summer, there've been some 30 plus fish caught at Alcova where, you know, people kind of say, oh, well, you know, Alcova's not a good good fishery, but there are big fish in that that uh, that lake. My friend's dad, Mr. Potter, he he caught a 30-incher out of Alcova uh, three days before we went to league night there. And then I know of two other people that have caught a 26 and a 28 out of there. So there definitely are fish. And your next week is at Alcova. So... You could have some some big fish caught. Yeah. Um, last year, our biggest fish out of Alcova uh, was from Miles Bundy, and he put up a 29 and three-quarter out of there. Wow. Man, those are so nice. And you have a good system, and you don't have to fish every week to be in the tournament or in the league. No. Um, you don't have to be a member of anything, uh, and you, can all, you only have to make five to be in the top ten at the end of the year. You can fish as many as you want. Um, it's just super fun. It's a it's a very good place to come and, and learn some stuff, uh, meet some new people, build some camaraderie. It's a very good group of people that are normally coming out all the time. It's it's just super fun. And I, I like that you keep the kids involved. This isn't one of those uh, adult anglers only. I mean, you encourage families to bring their kids out and, and get involved. As a matter of fact, your daughter this past week was uh, was a winner. Yeah, yeah, that's a that was pretty cool. I was pretty proud of her yesterday. Um, but yeah, I, we do a kids division, and that one will pay out at the end of the year for the top three for the kids. And uh, so Riley's going to be up there because there hasn't been too many kids this summer. One, it's a shorter summer because of school. And then it's, you got the fair in town, you know, there's so much other stuff. But some of the people that would normally bring their children out, they've been pretty busy 
so a lot of things have changed for him and um but yeah riley my six-year-old caught the biggest trash fish <laughs> and she won the the biggest trash fish pot last night all by herself she caught them and did it all by herself so yeah it, it was pretty cool that's awesome. It's good to see that uh, the kids are getting out and enjoying the outdoors. And, you know, we have so many opportunities here in Wyoming, whether it's fishing or, or hunting. And uh, real quickly, I know with Wild Hunters and Fishermen, Hunters is the first part of your, your name. And you do a lot of hunting and you help a lot of folks. We talked a little bit earlier about you doing hunting with heroes and taking those those veterans out. Do you have anything big planned uh with either veterans or just hunts on your own this year yeah i got quite a few people that for one i actually hunt right alongside two veterans already and i built them relationships a few years ago um i was actually with a veteran this year when i shot my spring bear that was really cool i've got your buddy would like to go hunting and he just hit me up yesterday that he got a Area 7 tag. I've got a couple of hunts already planned out. I got some other folks that are wanting to come up. They have to go through either HD Outdoors or Hunting with Heroes. They're planning on coming up here, so they're trying to get all the ducks in a row for that. And I've got a couple other people that are interested in going bear hunting this fall, too. With fall hunting around here, there are some over-the-counter tags. There are some general tags that are available and and jay i know that on your facebook page wild hunters and fishermen it's a great place for just anglers or outdoorsmen to to come together and you like to share stories and you like people to to show what they're what they're out doing and and that's really the the best part about it is because wyoming has to have one of the biggest and best community of of hunters and anglers yeah it's a so the the reason I started this is to build a community of Wyoming residents. Because um, we're, we're all known for the courtesy and uh, just the, the couth, you could say, of one another. Um, this is a very respectful state, and there's a lot of great people in it. There's some very experienced people in it, and... It's awesome just to watch everybody interact and communicate and, you know, it just, it, I'm so glad that I, I chose the name and what it was for, for doing everything here. And and that's exactly it. If you want to uh, get in on this, all you have to do is go to Wyo Hunters and Fishermen on Facebook, get in on that, become part of the, uh, the community and over the next couple of weeks, you can st- check out Wild Hunters and Fishermen Walleye League, which is also a, a Facebook page that you can get in on to uh, see how the league is going and get involved. And Jay, you're at Alcova next week. You're at Pathfinder the the week after, and then you kind of bounce back and forth the uh, the last two weeks. Yep, and uh, there might be a championship in the works for the Uh-oh. top ten. So. You guys might want to come on out and see what you can do. All right. Get in on that. And again, go check out Wild Hunters and Fishermen on Facebook. Jay, you do good things, my man, and I appreciate you hanging out with us. I appreciate you having me. 
It's Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. Thanks for sticking around here on the program. Of course, you can always go to the My Country 95.5 mobile app to find out more details about the show or even listen to past uh, episodes. Next guest is Tyler Kath. Tyler owns and operates and does everything with TNKHunting.com. They make their own American-made binocular harnesses and accessories, duffel bags, uh, leg gaiters, uh, bow slings, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, Tyler, you and your father, who you kind of get in this business with, are, are both veterans. So thank you so much for your service. And give us a little of your background. We, uh, you know, I served four years in the Marine Corps Infantry, you know, born and raised in Rapid City, South Dakota, and then went into the Marine Corps about a month, month and a half after I graduated high school in 2008. And then did a couple of deployments to Afghanistan and got out in 2012 and then moved back home to Rapid City, worked corrections for about a year uh, depending Pennington County Jail here, and then decided I wanted to try my hand at private military contracting. So I actually uh, went back overseas and did some contracting both in like Kuwait and uh, the embassy in Afghanistan doing private security. And that's kind of where I kind of got the idea of you know, making gear and stuff like that. And then after that, uh, you know, I kind of became a police officer. Well, not kind of, I did for five years. Yeah. My dad's retired. He, he got drafted during Vietnam. He didn't have to go over, but kind of lucked out there, but that's kind of the the background and the origin. You know, my dad was in sales for, you know, pretty much his whole life. And, and, uh, we just had this random idea one day. We're like, well, we had some extra material in the garage and I, you know, I was sitting in my patrol car and I was like, Oh, you know, let's, let's make some, let's make some gear. And, uh, just a weird off the wall idea turned into kind of what it is now. Uh, it's almost kind of like a, um, like a miracle type story. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy how it all began. I mean, we kind of just started with a solar year in rapid city and then, you know, started making products, and of course, you know, when we first started out, you know, our products were, you know, really going through the prototype phase, and, you know, the, the sewing really wasn't there as far as, you know, the quality of what it is now. You know, we've, from our first vinyl harness to now what we have now, it's just been a completely, you know, changed thing, because we just, you kind of learn as you go how to do this stuff, right. you know, because we didn't. And I didn't grow up making gear, sewing, or anything like that. You know, I'm self-taught how to sew. Uh, so, I mean, everything's kind of just been uh, throw it into the wind and then see what happens, you know. Where did your interest come in this type of gear and, and, and making this kind of product? You know, through my military career and then being a police officer, I'd always have pouches breaking and stuff. But it always amazed me. Every time I'd go into a store to find pouches for stuff, everything was made in Vietnam made in China. I mean, it was, and, and you could just feel the product that it was just cheap. I just saw, I guess like the Patriot, you know, the patriotism in me kind of took over, not just making a good product. That's not like a cheap piece of junk that just falls apart. Right. But actually bringing it, you know, made in the USA, bringing it back, kind of using USA labor, USA materials, and, I mean, that's kind of really how it started. That's what piqued my interest. And I've always kind of been interested. You know, I started following this tactical gear company when I was in Afghanistan. 
But I think what really motivated me was, you know, as a cop, when I was just going to buy pouches or even looking online, it was just everything was made overseas. And I was like, you know, there's got to be, you know, something, you know, better out there. And that's kind of what motivated me to start the company, everything. Basically, you're living the American dream. You served in the military. You got out of the military. You were a police officer. And now you have an American-made company. You know, doing it this way is not easy i mean it's you know of course up in south dakota you know we're we're hiring u.s citizens you know that's a big thing for me too and then we're paying livable wages and uh they get benefits pay time off holidays off we get you know dental vision uh a health insurance savings plan so we try to do our best to take care of our employees but of course you know some of that you know, we look into, you know, kind of has to transfer into why there's higher prices for products. But like I tell people all the time, I'm like, why do you buy Made in the USA? Just because it says Made in the USA. I mean, do you really care, you know, who's making it? I mean, you should because, you know, there's there's a lot of skill that goes into making this stuff. And uh, I think that's, you know, a huge reason why we have such a, you know, growing and dedicated following base is, is because people like to see that. I love good Americans taking care of Americans. I, I love that philosophy. I love that uh, that way of life. And uh, go to tnkhunting.com. Check out all the different gear that's available. You probably pride yourself on that American American quality, and I, I like that too. Well, I appreciate that, and uh, thank you so much. Again, go check it out. They've got all kinds of great American-made products tnkhunting.com and you get to help out some uh, some veterans of this fine country. Get over and check it out. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors with Drew Kirby. If you have a question, want to make a comment, or have an idea for a show topic, message us on the My Country mobile app. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors.